Hello, it's Enya Martin here from Giza Listen, and that's what you're currently listening to. Thanks for tuning into the podcast once again. If you're looking to come see me in Vicar Street, I'm going to be there on the 28th of March and the 4th of April. I believe there's actually no tables left uh, just about on March 28th and April 4th. So if you're looking to come see me, you better get the tickets fast because they're running out. Um, I, I'm also going to be in Kilkenny on the 20th of March in the Watergate Theatre as well. Tickets are flying out the door for that too. That's going to be my next show. You can get the tickets on the theatre website. But anyway, um, so in, in the last podcast, I said that I was I was in London and I would speak about that in the following podcast, which is today. So I got sent over by Now TV, who I've worked with in the past. I've done a lot of videos with them and they know that I'm a super Friends fan. So David Schwimmer's new show, Intelligence, is going to be out on the 24th of February on their platform. Sky are going to be shown as Sky and Now TV are under the same umbrella. So they usually send over a journalist to kind of do the press junkets, but they know that I'm a super Friends fan. So they asked me that I want to go over and do it. Um, so yeah, I got flown over to London for two nights. It was a, a great experience, I have to say. And he's lovely, he really is, but it kind of around the illusion of Ross for me because he's so intense and serious and, you know, so professional that um, it was hard to look at him and think him and Ross are the same person. He, uh, it, just, it just goes to show how good of an actor he is, um, which is impressive. But again, yeah, it ruined the illusion for me. You know, look, I can still look at friends and still find it funny you know but yeah it's just they always say don't meet your heroes but yeah and then the, the next day then I went to the Sky Up Next event which was like an event for the media it was invite only I think there was only like 300 people there with basically where Sky have this showcase and they show the trailers for the new shows that are coming out in 2020 on Sky and you know they bring the cast out from these shows and they interview them and stuff too. so David Schwimmer was there again Anthony Joshua was there all the cast from A League of Their Own like Jamie Redknapp, Freddie Flindoff, Harry Redknapp um, yeah it was a really really cool experience it was and I, I'm so thankful to Now TV for, for trusting me to, to handle that interview and yeah I, I just can't believe I got to do it and got to meet David Schwimmer I didn't want to ask him for a selfie because I thought it might be a bit unprofessional because you're brought into this hotel room and it's just like lights, camera, action, all his people are there and it was a bit intimidating and intense but um, yeah the, the interview will be up this week so to prove it actually happened and yeah, so anyway, today I'm accompanied by a guest called Paul Stenson. Now, if you've been living under a rock and you don't know who Paul is, Paul is responsible for running the White Moose Cafe social media account that, um, you know, it, it's fairly popular, to be honest, in Ireland because Paul basically took a different approach to marketing, um, outrage marketing, he likes to call it. And he he's, he's mad, he is. He's just so funny and he really thinks outside the box when it comes to marketing um, his business, the Charleville Lodge, which is the hotel he runs um, on behalf of his parents. And it's... If you haven't seen, like a lot of his stuff has gone viral, and it's because he just doesn't give in to the snowflake culture, and he really does. Like he's so creative when it comes to marketing his business. Um, so if you sit back and listen to the podcast, you'll find out why. You can find him on Instagram under Paul Stens, and he's on TikTok. He's on TikTok as well, and they also have the White Moose Cafe. Um instagram page as well so yeah you can find all the antics that he's getting up to over there but anyway if you want to get to know more sit back listen and enjoy the rest of the podcast 
So, Paul, it's great to be joined by you today here in the White Moose Cafe or the Charleville Lodge we're in right now. Thank you for, for, for coming in. Yeah, this is not the first time you've been here. No, it's not. I love it here, I do. It's yeah. so homey. It's like you have it like a sitting room. I feel like I'm sitting in your sitting room. I asked Mrs. Green to join us tonight. But, uh, uh, she's, uh, what's the word? Incapacitated, is that it? Would she brought her own cutlery <laughs> again, would she? <laughs> yes, and no doubt you'd have licked the knife again. So I'll just switch my phone off there. Oh, no, yeah, fine. That's no, Jason messaging man. me there. Um, so basically, I wanted to get you on today because I know that um, you've built up quite a reputation for a man who doesn't care what the public think of, him, of, of himself and his business. And mm. you kind of have that I don't give a fuck attitude when it comes to marketing and like don't give in to the snowflakes or the, the snowflake culture, I suppose. Mm. But um, I wanted to, I wanted to get you on. So we, I, I wanted to hear your story, basically. Like, how, how did it all start like to where you are today? <sighs> where did the madness start well yeah. i guess the madness emerged as a result of working in the hotel industry now specifically the five-star hotel industry because when i spent two and a half years in the marion hotel which is like high five-star uh, service and in jobs like that you get an awful lot of dickheads coming in okay so you have the people who are rich who generally are really nice and unassuming. And then you get the people who pretend to be rich, who are absolute dickheads, and will click their fingers at you and oh will order you around and will treat you like a number as opposed to a person. And that kind of bowing and genuflecting and you know being subservient and, and all of that, that kind of created a fire in my belly that, you know, I wanted to say stuff back to these gobshites in the Marion, mm. but I couldn't. I had to nod and smile and say, yes, sir, you know. And when I eventually left the Marion, I was fired from the Marion. Um, that's a completely different. Uh, I'd be here for a week if I talk about that. <laughs> and yeah. um, when I came to work in the family business, all of a sudden I was able to say what I felt because it wasn't you know, the general manager of the mm. Marion Hotel I was answerable to. It was my mum and dad. And because they own this business, uh, they have since two thousand, since nineteen ninety four, and I joined in two thousand and three. Um, and so I started to be able to be honest uh, with customers, and that slowly transferred across onto the social media presence. And I guess it all started on the Charleville Lodge Facebook page where. Garth Brooks was supposed to be playing Five Nights in Crow Park. And do you remember that whole hullabaloo? Oh, yeah. He was, he wasn't. One day he was. And I got some inside information, which was very reliable, saying that he'd be definitely doing these five nights. From a good friend of mine, he said, look, all the stuff has been ordered in. The stock is there. The San Pellegrino uh, water, like you're drinking now, has been ordered in. Uh, the shoe polish for the cowboy boots and all that kind of stuff is in. And... I said, right, well, look, how reliable is this information? Yeah, 100%. So I went onto the Charleville Lodge Facebook page, which had about 3,000 followers at the time. And I said, I can't tell you why, but I can tell you that I know that for 100%, Gar Brooks will be playing all five concerts, you know, in Crow Park. And that post went on fire. Did it? People all over Ireland were kind of sharing it, commenting on it, liking it, and asking, how do I know? Then, within about an hour of posting it, the likes of her.ie, joe.ie, 
Love in Dublin, all of all of these outlets started writing articles. Does this hotel know something we don't? And there was a lot of heat on the Charleville Lodge page. And our numbers went from about 3,000 to about 18,000 in the space of a couple of hours, right? And then a few hours later, RT News uh, at six o'clock came on and they broke the news that the five concerts are not going ahead. (laughs) So I had a bit of a bone to pick with with my source, but I had uh, 18,000 very unhappy Garth Brook fans uh, you know, tr- you know, giving me death threats among other things, and what I just, what I saw was, you know, in a situation like that, what you could do is you could, you know, say, oh, uh, you know, the, the the Facebook page was hacked and it wasn't me, or you can kind of unpublish the page or hide away from it, hide under the duvet, but I came out and I kind of lashed back and I came out with a one word post, oops, right. And that created even more. Jesus, people were absolutely livid. And then I, I saw that, but meanwhile, it was going up from 18,000, 19,000, 20. So I saw that there was an appetite for a bit of divamment. And as I was fighting back Garth Brooks fans, other people came in and, and saw the comedic element to it. And it was like, it was quite a funny, funny, very funny day, or two or three days actually. And the hotel page grew from there. And that was my first incident, and it's happening up until this day. That kind of, you know, mischievous, um, piss take uh, situation where I post something, um, and by the way, whenever I post anything, nothing is ever coming from an evil mm. side. I mean, I'm always called a racist and a misogynist and all these isms, you know, under the sun. But it all comes from a just. A, it, it's all. It's all in jest. Mm. It always is all in jest. But there is a, a small percentage of people who will take offence to it. Um, my my ro- most recent post in which I uh, put up a picture of a man in a boiler suit at reception saying that there's a group in from China. And I didn't say they were Chinese. I said they'd arrived in from China, so we've made some temporary adjustments to our uniform. You know, there was a lot of people who went mad thinking it was racist. I never said they were from, from, from actually actually Chinese. I later actually went on to clarify that they were from Finglas, that they just arrived in from China. So <laughs> th- the wording of all of these posts... You're obviously very conscious before you post, like, how you award it and stuff, are you? In case you do get the snowflakes. I, I do, well, it's not in case, it's, it's in the hope I do. Yeah. It's, it's in the hope <laughs> I get the snowflakes. But... Of course, you have to be extremely careful about how you word stuff. And uh, so I was covered by saying a group from China has just arrived in. But like people, you know, lost, the sh- lost their shit over that post. Um, 90% of people found it amusing, got a laugh out of it. Um, I think we live in a day and age where laughter is extremely important. And I think that if all of us were to carry on like that small minority getting offended by everything, I mean depression would be 10 times worse than it is like we're all very depressed in this day and age and you know and it's 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 legitimate but if we see the world as a place where we get offended by the most minor uh jokes that we see um is is it any wonder we're all going to be Mm. down in ourselves you know so i think humor i think humor will always win and other places like, for example, I know the Bernard Shaw put up a post uh, about six months ago 
they were bullied into removing it a few days later by that small minority. Tato, Mr. Tato, Mr. Tato, when Gay Byrne died, um, they put up a, a, a sad, you know, Mr. Tato with a, with a sad face saying R.I.P. Gay. They were bullied into removing that by... Because they were the exploiting the situation? Well, no, just by people taking offence. Because there will always be someone who will take offence to something. We here will never, ever allow anybody to bully us into submission. Mm. Especially when the root of what we do is purely to make people laugh and smile. In a world where there's not enough laughter and smiling. It's true. And I, I mean, I have to say, and it's the businesses that post or tweet things that are out of like like ourself kind of out of the ordinary and you know taking the piss like i burger king do it all the time and like i do you know what they're they're the the tweets i remember that's the type of advertising i remember do you know what i mean i don't i hate because brands come to me all the time and like they a lot of them like are just so play it safe we can't say this we can't say that we can't i, I remember i made reference to like drinking alcohol and, and they were like oh no just in case someone suffers from alcoholism like there's a lot of brands out there who are just afraid to kind but of... There are people who suffer from alcoholism like me who have a sense of humour. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And when brands are, are putting all this red tape around a post, the creativity dies in that post. Like, if you're tiptoeing around yeah. stuff, sure, you've no, there's no scope for... I mean, there's no creativity there whatsoever if you're being limited and how funny it can be which is why i don't get it when you know brands come to me and they say we want to hire you because you're funny and you're going to think of something funny that's going to get people to watch our content and then they completely Bush. diminish the humor yeah because mm, it's not really what we're about okay well then yeah. why did you come to me yeah exactly, you know exactly. I mean? like i i, I cannot the only thing i can the only way i can make this funny is by being myself and you're literally like you're you're trying to dictate how i make mm, it so yeah. why don't you just go off and uh, do it then maybe they should be the comedians and, that, and they're paying me they're paying me for them to <laughs> to tell you to what dictate to do. It. yeah like yeah. it's it's it can be quite frustrating but sometimes they, they can give you free rent and i understand like you can't course like that's something i do come to terms with but i mean like live a little you know like 100 percent it's, yeah, it's, just, it's stuff like that that kind of irritates me and even, um, you know, I've been called out a few times and I have to be so careful with my own videos mm. uh, and I wish, I really do wish that I had the, the attitude that you have and just like not to care what people think or like just don't be afraid to take risks but sometimes I am afraid of that minority like you said and it does dictate some of the material. Like obviously like you said, you have to be careful the way you word it. Like you're not going out to be genuine evil or, you know, racist or whatever. Um, but sometimes you can say something and you don't even mean it the way it sounds and someone just picks it up completely different. That small minority of people are, it's almost as if they're waiting there, you know, f for you in, in, to, for you to say something. I mean, I always notice that if I put up a post like the boiler suit man, um, the people who are coming in and hating, they don't follow you already. They're actually looking. It's as if they're they're searching the web to find something to give out about. You know, mm. they're not the usual everyday commenters or people who like your page on a regular basis. They swoop in just at that time. I mean, I don't know how anyone could live their life like that. Actually, physically going around looking for things to give out about. For me, that's just like it should be the complete opposite way around. You should be looking for positivity. 
and they're repeat offenders like it's it's always the same yeah. people you see yeah. and 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 one point one of my friends made who's also has a, has a you know a large platform on social media is that when someone leaves a negative comment the amount of people who hop onto that comment and like it and you know agree with it and embrace mm. it and it's it's like you said it's just like this kind of cancel culture yeah. and it's like i don't know i think it just brings out the worst in people yeah. it's 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 just a horrible way to live and, and mm. you know it's so you almost feel as if so like somebody writes a negative comment and that negative comment gets you know 50 likes or 100 so you almost feel that there's 50 people ganging up on you is yeah. it kind of thing okay yeah. yeah yeah and i remember i seen another guy um uk in the uk he makes a lot of kind of funny videos and someone wrote underneath is one of his videos you're a cunt right and two thousand people like that comment now mm. You know, when 20 people like a comment about me, like it's, but imagine 2,000 people liking a comment mm. and thinking you're this horrible person. Mm. When in reality, the video was just, I don't know, something harmless. Yeah. And he was just like, you're a cunt. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's horrible. Like, Well, it's, it's, dare I say, there are Irish people who, who are liking uh, comments like that because I've noticed, and that, that kind of stuff has happened to me before. Like, if you remember a certain anonymous Instagram page that existed up until about a year ago that Jason was quite um, instrumental in taking down. Like, they used to say stuff about us all the time. And the, and the negative comments that would come in underneath them would get, you know, 100, 200, up to 1,000 likes. And all of those people, I think it's motivated by envy. envy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, it like... We are a nation who loves to take people, successful people down. We see someone seeing, doing well and we're saying, hang on now, sunshine, come back down to, to reality. That's the way we are. Whereas other cultures, like the Americans or the English, will congratulate you for doing well. Mm. But the Irish are the most begrudging nation, honestly. Sure, the English try to claim our celebrities. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and just the thing with the like, the like and the, the negative comments, yeah. these are the people who will say, I would never be able to write something like that underneath someone's post. I could, I just keep scrolling. But they would like a comment and sometimes yeah. they feel like, yeah. oh, it's not that bad. I've only liked the comment. I haven't actually like typed out something and like, you know, insulted this person. Yeah. As if it's kind of like a bit better yeah, and it's not it's, it's not it's still you're agreeing with what that person is you're agreeing with the original comments you, the sentiment is the same and there's, you know there's plenty of people yeah. on social media and I'll scroll and I'll be like oh he's a, he's a fucking idiot but I'll just think it to myself and I'll yeah. just keep scrolling but what, what I would tend to do to any really nasty comments like that is I will reply with humour mm. you know and killing them with kindness well well not kindness always but humour and it's not always kind you know that's what makes it funny and like people think oh that prick from the white moose paul he he attacks people online he never does it he never attacks people but he will always defend the business so it's like mr miyagi wax on wax off the karate kid we we here have the same philosophy don't attack people but defend your your, your place and that's what we do you know a bit like ricky gervais Mm. he'd never slag anyone off for some for something they can't control mm. so the color of their skin uh or their sexuality but he might slag people off for you know being vegan because that's well within their control you know like people being vegan they can choose not to be vegan do you get me mm. so i'm a bit like that as well so i'll have a poke at vegans um but not for no reason you know, I'll like that vegan war that we were involved with. There was a reason why I um, 
why that started and that was because and I don't want to get into because I know people might have already heard about this before so I'll make it short and sweet but when the couple came in and uh, the, 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 the boy the, the husband or the boyfriend was, was a meat eater he ordered a full Irish breakfast and then she uh, said well I'm vegan what have you for me she was German they were German and I said well look we'll do you a vegetarian breakfast you know Mushrooms, hash brown, grilled tomato, blah, blah, blah. Is that all? And she had this miserable face and this kind of sense of entitlement as if she was the only person in the world. So I put up the post on the Facebook page saying, attention vegans, please don't walk into, waltz into the White Mist Cafe and look at, it, look at us as if we've 10 heads when there aren't 50,000 items on our menu that suit your idiosyncratic dietary requirements. Of course, some vegan at the other side of the world, world mistook that word idiosyncratic for idiotic and then went and plastered the white moose all over every single vegan social networking uh, platform across the world, which resulted in about, I think it was 15,000 one-star reviews over the space of 24 hours. That's what started the war. <laughs> it wasn't me going that, out yeah. and saying, oh, I hate vegans. It was me responding to vegan entitlement. But you see how it can be, things like that can be taken out of context and people don't even do their research and just yeah. fucking hop on the bandwagon. Yeah. Paul is that Paul Stenson is that misogynistic, racist, vegan hater in, in Fibsborough. And like there's no foundation for, for that at all. But look, I don't look, I mean if I cared, you know, if I actually cared, well you know. I remember like when uh, when I was starting out in the comedy industry like a lot of MCs said to me you know I was talking to them about crowd interaction and they said when you're slagging people like you just said mm. you never slag them about something they can't change about themselves yeah. so if they're wearing like you know a ridiculous t-shirt yeah. or their hair you can change your hairstyle ridiculous mm. hairstyle um, you know or a choice of drink but I mean you would never sit there and be like what's the story with your teeth you know like that's no. something something no. somebody can you know be really insecure about yeah, yeah. and like you said like when you're coming to a comedy show you have to be prepared for you know comments that might offend you 100%. you know like it's it's just it's it's honestly like i mean there's no kind of comedy specials i watched and, and felt offended at anything they've said but it's just i don't know it's just different. we're losing the whole like i mean you know the way you take your take the piss out of your mates and you'd you know you'd, you'd kind of slag them off in in in, in a kind like it's a kind-hearted jest mm. we do that we laugh at ourselves I'm the greatest person to take the piss out of myself and I'll always do that. I'll always take the piss out of myself and I'll act like a gobshite, you know, because I think that's part of comedy. You know, we laugh at ourselves. We slag off our, our mates in a kind of a, in a friendly way, mm. you know, and I hope we're not losing that ability to take the piss out of ourselves. We're taking ourselves very serious nowadays. And I think that's quite dangerous. And I think I think as well, like you said, whereas like just people who just wait people are waiting for us to fuck up, like Paul. Do you know what I mean? 100%. People are sitting at home waiting for us to fuck up and they're waiting for us to like slip up and, and, and that's their opportunity then to like dive on that and, and, and manifest it, you know? And yeah. like you said about the like and the comment thing, like I mean, I would never, I've never searched my name on Twitter, but I mean, there's, I remember actually it was on the Late Late Show, right? It was uh, the Valentine's Day special oh, yeah. last year. And there was a guy sitting in the front row and I, sl- I slagged him about his t-shirt, right? And something came up about me on Twitter a couple of months later, right? And I was tagged in it and some girl goes, sure, did you remember on the Late Late Show slagging someone's t-shirt? She's an absolute cunt, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, if that's the worst thing I've done in my career, like I'm doing well, like slagging yeah. someone's yeah, t-shirt, yeah. like yeah, if yeah. that's going to be my downfall, yeah. like I can imagine... 
you know it's 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 just this is what people are getting upset about and i just kind of laughed when i looked at it yeah. and then you have people as well like texting me like i don't know someone says something about you and, and all of a sudden you have loads of people send you direct messages you know didn't even do their research and um, you're this you're that and it's like have a lovely Christmas, you know, and, and kill them with kindness. And you'd be surprised with the amount of people who reply being like, love your videos, have a nice one as well. Mm. It's like sometimes they just want a response, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. We, uh, you know, in my outrage marketing talks, there's a section on answering people back. And I do advocate, I do think answering negative comments back with humour is a good way of actually increasing the organic reach of a post. Mm. Um, but sometimes I don't want to have to do it because it's... The, I think the best way to reply sometimes is to just just not reply. Mm. Silence is the most stinging reply sometimes and ignoring people. Um, direct messages I get on Instagram, um, I rarely get back to them, to be mm. honest with you. Unless they're in my friends, I don't, I don't, really, I don't really get back to them. But I get my fair share of negative and positive mm. um, direct messages. It's um, it's 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 it is a fine line. Whenever I get like positive messages, I always kind of you know ninety nine percent of the time I get back to them. But when it's a, it's an actual nasty DM, I'm like, why would I give my time to this person? You know, it's it's I'm not going to achieve anything from it. And <laughs> actually, just moving on there to another kind of thing I remember about about yourself. Was when um was it a, a YouTuber contacted you about getting a free room in your mm. hotel and like mm. that like went super viral, didn't it? I mean, there was play yeah. media in America reporting on that, wasn't there? Yeah. So so the reach of that um, event was eight hundred million. Oh uh, my people, god! Uh, for for the White Moose, she who shan't be named because I've never named her before uh, ever 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 named her. She got a reach of two point one billion, so a thir- just under a third of the world's population. Um, so, <laughs> so like, I, I remember receiving the, the, the email from, from her that morning and I was sitting in, beside Jason in the bed and I showed Jason this and she, he was saying, ah, just ignore. And I was like rubbing my hands where you're joking. <laughs> and so, Big yeah, it, like it was addressed to somebody by the name of hi there, you know, not even dear Paul or hi Paul. As if it was, it was like a chain there. mail. Yeah, sent around to hotels all over Dublin uh, in the hope that somebody somewhere would be gullible enough to take her up on her offer of five free nights over the Valentine's weekend in return for a mention in her YouTube video and a post then she went on to brag about how many followers she had blah 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 blah. how many had she actually got at that stage Uh, so she had 87,000 on her YouTube on her Instagram Um, and uh, I basically made my reply to her public and I just basically told her to piss off but I you know asked her questions like you know the room she stays in who's going to pay the housekeeper to, to clean it the breakfast she eats who, who, who's going to pay for that breakfast you know the the water she uses when she showers the heat that's you that that's needed to to heat the room you know who's going to pay for all this you know and the answer then was the, the, the PS at the, at the very end was the answer is no but uh, that reply, and I, I blocked out her name. I made a very mm. specific effort to actually block out the name so that she couldn't be identified. However, somebody somewhere noticed that if you zoom in on the name 
and heighten the brightness up by 500% or something, you could actually make out her username. Is that how she was found out? Well, no, she was found out by, by admitting herself because she did a 17 minute YouTube video. Oh, yeah. She cried about how she was exposed. I didn't expose her. Mm. I, I didn't. I still, as you can, as you can hear here, Anya, I still haven't mentioned her name ever. Mm. I've never once in any public engagement because I don't want to draw attention to her. She did all of that herself. And her video in which she cried about being exposed and by this, you know, 30 year old boomer, uh, who you know is bullying her and all this I never mentioned her name once you know that video got about I think it was like 2.5 million views in a few days so she, you know I didn't ask her to do that I just show I, my intention was to show people the type of requests we get and how cheeky they are and how mm. brazen they are and how they're sent to people by the name of hi there never, like <laughs> would you think that they'd they'd actually research your, who, who, who the general manager of these hotels is. So that was my intention. But in many ways, I'm actually very glad that her name was visible, you know, because the whole thing blew up. We did the Trump conference here with Jason dressed in a, in a dress and all that. Uh, so, um, oh, yeah, that was that was by far one of our best uh, events to date. I, I, I still remember clear as day mm. and it does I, I see people all the time on my instagram stories like the, the stories i watch and it's like um you know i'm looking for a dress last minute can anyone recommend a good a good uh you know dress shop blah 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 and it's like you know there is a thing called google and if you ser- search dress shop there like tons are going to come up in your area it's <laughs> it's it is kind of I just don't think I'd be brazen enough to post stuff like that. Um, or, I just, I wouldn't have it in me to, to email a hotel and be like, and if I had the money to book it, I would do it. Yeah, I, well, why wouldn't I pay for it? Absolutely. And and then the, you run the risk, like, you know, of being exposed. Yeah. How would you swallow that? Yeah. But you see, like, I know you say that she was exposed, but she, she, it wasn't my intention to expose her. Oh, I mean, I mean so, like, yeah. Yeah. But, but I would never in a million years go and ask somebody providing a service for that service for free. I wouldn't, I just don't have it in me. I don't have the, I have, the, I have more self-respect than that. Mm. I think, you know, I value the work of my 22 staff here. You know, I think they're, they're, they're all, we treat them like family. They're very important. So for someone to come along and think that they deserve what my staff provide without paying for that service, I think is, is cheeky. It lacks self-respect and, uh, it deserved to be made public, you know? Well, what's your take then, say, for example, a hotel um, emailing, I don't know, like myself, for example, and offering me like a five-night stay? What do, what do you think then of people accepting that? Do you think it's okay then once the hotel is offered? or I have had many bloggers um, in the cafe before, and I always give them their lunch for free. Always. Why? Because they don't ask for it for free. Yeah. I'll always give any people of note or like the two lads from Versatile now come in all the time whenever they're in. Bang. No mm. problem. No problem, lads. You know, um, because I know there's a value in them uh, putting up a post on their Instagram to their many thousands of follower- followers. Um, there may even have been a value uh, in that girl's um, proposal 
But it's not transparent because like she would have probably said, you know, you can see there that one of the flaws of influencer marketing, she was willing to mention us in her YouTube videos on her Instagram, blah, 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 for, in exchange for five free nights. Surely she would have spoken positively about us as opposed to honestly. And that just goes to show, I suppose, one of the, the flaws of influencer marketing, really, you know, she'd they have can, said we yeah. were brilliant. So, do you know what I mean? Like, this place could have been an absolute dive, for example, exactly. if you gave it to her for free. And she'd still, she's still misleading, misleading it's, her it's followers. Me, yeah. It's misleading her followers. And it's, it lacks transparency. Like, I remember the only time, and it was actually uh, the first, first year or two I started out and I was invited to the Gossies and mm. um, I needed a dress. Mm. Now, at this stage, I was... I had gone self-employed. I was only on the doll, all right? And I cringe when I look back now. And I, I, I Instagrammed uh, a dress company. I forget who I was now. And I was like, hi, guys. Because, you know, the tickets are expensive enough for that. And I was like, I'm going to need a really nice dress. And I don't have the money. And I actually messaged this company. And I was like, I'd love to, if I could, like, wear one of your dresses to um, this award ceremony. And, you know, they were like, yeah, of course, Anya, that's no problem. And they sent one out. And I was just, like, thinking to myself, like, imagine me doing that now, like, with the money in my bank account. And I, I couldn't do it now. And the only reason I did it then is because I knew I couldn't afford it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And, like, I am, like, I was a bit naive back then. But I'll admit, like, I'll openly admit, like, that was once me. But, I mean, to, I think to request, like, a five-night five stay in a hotel, yeah. I mean, that's just fucking taking Well, here, don't get me wrong. I have, I have accepted gifts as well mm. in the past. You know, I've been invited to places to stay and I'll gladly accept. But Jesus, I'll never ask, mm. you know. So I think that there is a difference there. I think um, I just don't, I wouldn't have it in me to say, look, give me that, but I'm not paying for it. I just yeah. Don't. And I know a lot of people, even very successful people, still do that. I can't mention any names, but... Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I, I know plenty myself, but I mean, like, why Why do you think it is? Like, why will they not... Is that how they stay rich, do you think? Because they won't part with their money? Yeah, or? well, I, I always think that one of the qualities of a very rich person is tightness. Mm. You know, they'll, they've loads of money, but they're not willing to... They're the last people you'll see go up to the bar to buy a round. Or do you think, like, it's this culture of breaking themselves to buy like say a Louis Vuitton handbag and actually not having money at all and that's why they're asking for free stuff could be yeah, yeah. That, that's that's my take on some of it yeah we're all mad about brands these days mm. I think that all of life is a branding exercise you know we all drive the BMWs and you know <laughs> wear the or have the Louis Vuitton bags and you know wear the Canada goose jackets and and have the the, the the gleaming white teeth and the bronze skin from the from the sun but it's all about branding and it's all about labels mm. completely and we all love to have these labels because we're all showing off what we have to to our to our peers yet there mightn't be a cent in our bank account you know that's what and i'm that, saying and, yeah. and it comes back to any uh, the people who would have gone to the marion hotel that would have clicked their fingers these people with no money but pretending that they have money. They were the people I hated. They drove me insane and that they, they were the root of my madness, I guess. Entitlement, like... Well, no, not entitlement, but pretentiousness. Mm. <clears throat> um, pretending that they have money when they actually don't. And that's very, very fake, you know. What I don't was your like position in the Marion Hotel? So, 
I started in the Marion in, it was my fourth year placement. I started as a private dining supervisor, so fancy way of saying conference and banqueting. I uh, was a supervisor until one morning, about three weeks after I started, where I came in pissed drunk at about half five in the morning. I was serving Americans and there was nothing right. I was uh, just coming from a night out. This was back in my heavy drinking days. And I, uh, I basically walked off. I walked out. I got my pager, shoved it on the desk, took off my uniform into the locker, put on my clothes and walked out without saying anything to anybody. <laughs> I, I can go into that in more detail, but like... Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Another, it's another day's work. But uh, that was my position. And then I was fired and I was suspended from college for a year. And uh, I managed to... I pleaded with the Marion and the college to reinstate me. And about two weeks later, I was reinstated in the Marion, having gone through so many different meetings with general manager the HR manager blah 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 and they said that they'd, they'd take me back but I'd be put in an area of the hotel that's away from any human contact so I was made a switchboard operator and I wasn't you know dealing face to face with any customers treating you like a prisoner nearly weren't well, they yeah, well, yeah. Well, maybe they were right any I don't yeah. know <laughs> uh, like I mean I just I was a I was a I was a loose cannon you know yeah but do you, do you even consider like rehiring you after that? Like, well, exactly. Yeah. But it was very out of character, and I had been an exemplary yeah. employee, you know, all the, and I was there from the Con- Shannon College of Hotel Management, so I I kind of let them down as well. But yeah, I was taken back in as a switchboard operator, worked in, in switch for about two weeks, and then I was brought up to the reception desk, so I was back allowed to oh, actually really? interact with humans again, and uh, worked in reception for a while, then moved over to the bar. Um, number 23 cocktail bar which is where I met all these uh, fakers the, oh really the, yeah. would you actually have people clicking their fingers at you yeah you would in, in five star hotels yes you wouldn't hear because if they clicked their finger at me I'd put their hand in a deep fat fryer <laughs> you know you, you, know, you yeah. wouldn't have it here in a, in a, th- a three star uh, place like ours but in, in the Marion because it's tolerated in a five star hotel because the guest is king, you know. If if somebody clicked your fingers at you, you'd have to, yes, sir. Okay, sir. I'll be over now. You know, you wouldn't. Because of the money that they're paying to stay there. Well, no, it's just you're working in a five star hotel. You know, this is the way you behave. This is how you dress in this uniform. You know, you have to be shaven. Your shoes must be polished. It's a bit like an army. You're like a robot, aren't you? You are. Well, you're. Well, you are. That's a, a very good way of putting it. You're like a robot. You're like a number. How do you You're, keep up that charade? It's quite dehumanising. And it's, it's what led to my madness. Mm. And what led to, I guess, my outspokenness and my, the way I carry on these days. And now, now you've, you're making kind of a, a business out of it. Um, you, do, you go around and give presentations um, to businesses. Outrage marketing, is that what you call it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, like, how, how do you take a leaf out of your book? Do you, and do you get many inquiries? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, people ask me when my next... Anya, it's a bit like a show, to be honest with you. It's a bit like a comedy show, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, like... Uh, I love performing and I'm on stage and I go through the various different events, you know, World War V, the vegan war, uh, the doctor's note for gluten-free food, uh, the BYOB, bring your own boob, 
uh, you know, remember that the corkage fee for for breastfeeding with yeah. You know, uh, of course, like none of this. Is, it's all just a joke. People are breastfeeding uh, in the cafe, uh, you know, quite regularly. You mm. know, and vegans do come in, and the gluten intolerant even come in, um, and all these various different events, Bloggergate, etc., uh, form a different section of my outrage marketing show. Let's put it that way. And we look at videos, and we look at you know some negative comments that I got, and how I replied to them, and. We, we talk about the whole notion that social media is a filtration system, and it is. You know, we use our social media presence as a way of filtering out miserable people. So if we put up whatever we do and people get offended by it, mm. the chances are that they'll never set foot in, in our, in our yeah, uh, business. And if they're the type of people who get offended, they're the type of people who are miserable and negative and whingy and moany. And we don't necessarily want those people in. So we find that our 30 bedrooms and our 59 seats generally tend to be occupied by people who are happy, people who can have a laugh, people who know what we're up to. And that in turn ensures that our staff are happy because all it takes is a miserable old cunt, mm. cuntimer. A cuntimer. <laughs> That's an to, one. <laughs> to bring down... To bring down the the mood of of the team, if the team are if you don't have a team, like if the team were to s- get up and walk out of this this hotel, it's no longer a hotel, mm. it's a building. So, the team is all we have, really. You know, that's a hundred percent. And I mean, mm. I think Richard Branson, who owns Virgin, um, he once said that as well about yeah. like your staff or everything. Yeah. You know, if you don't have happy happy staff, you need to take a hard look at yourself. Hundred percent. How do you deal though with people who do come in like if they haven't got a clue who you are and I know you actually make a lot of videos about this and stuff like some of, some of which I've been in um, and I think it's absolutely gas um, and again it, it's the stuff like that you remember when it comes to like you know hotel advertising I think we were me and Jen Han were being dragged out of a room in body bags like we were just do you remember oh, that video yeah. Yeah, yeah it was just how and, could I forget and you, that, that was like your intro video for like the guys like for people who are staying in their rooms and they yeah. turn on the tv was yeah, that was that what it was is it if you go into if you go into any of the rooms now and you put on channel 101 you'll see that video <laughs> <laughs> but how do you deal with people who like have never heard of you and you know they're probably just staying here one night while they're passing through dublin and like they see all because like, you know if you're if you haven't been into the, to the charleville logic there's there's just loads of funny things all around the building that just like you know don't be fucking complaining, you know, f- over X, Y, and Z. And yeah. it's just really funny stuff. And well, I think what we do is we take preemptive action. So there's a sign at the very front gate there. And you have to see it. It's like smack bang on your face when you walk in. And it's a warning sign. And it says, customers with no sense of humor are advised to enter at their own risk. Management will not be responsible for hurt feelings. And that, once people read that, like... They either proceed and come in, knowing what this place is about, or they just turn away and walk away. You know that would intrigue me, though. If I, you know, I would want yeah. to go in and be like, "What is this mysterious place?" Yeah. Well, it, it works. And then they come up to the second sign at the if they're coming into the cafe, they see the no asshole sign, and now they know. Right, okay, I'm getting a clear picture of what's going on here. And then they come in and they see like signage all around the cafe if they somehow miss the cafe entrance and come around from the from the car park they'll see all of the the murals the fantastic murals by neil o'dwyer 
But they'll see a please don't complain sign. They'll see a trespassers will be prostituted sign. So not many people see that because people automatically think the, the prostitution sign says prosecuted, but it doesn't. There's all these subtleties around um, that will contextualize the hospitality that you'll receive when you come in here. So um, I think people are kind of half expecting to, to see madness on the TV. So you'd be surprised. Not many, not many complaints Really? Yeah. What about like 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 the typical ones, like you know, like typical hotel complaints, like you know, why isn't there this in the room, or you know, this is, I wasn't told this was going to be a charge or something like that. Like, how do you deal with like, do you deal with them like in, in a professional manner or like at some stages? We get, tell right? those people to fuck off. Yeah. No. <laughs> and yeah. Or is like we deal with it, really yeah. Cool. I mean, I mean, like, is, does it get to a point where like, how can you complain over something like this? Like, this is just ridiculous. No. Like at one stage, there was a hairdryer or, or like a kettle being robbed from the room, wasn't there? No, what happened that night was uh, there was a couple in the room and uh, they removed the fuse from the plug of the kettle and they removed the fuse from the plug of the hairdryer and then came down <laughs> the next day saying, sorry, my hairdryer and my kettle didn't work. I want 50% off the bill or I think it was I'm not paying for the room. Or something like that. It was something along the lines of, yeah, these services in the room didn't work, I'm not paying for it. And in situations like that, where the customer is wrong, mm. we will we will make them pay. Yeah. You know? But if a customer checks into a room and the TV isn't working or the hairdryer genuinely isn't working and it's mm. it's it's a genuine issue. We'll, That's normal then, yeah. We, we yeah. will do whatever we can to to rectify their grievance. Um, however, what sometimes happens is you'll check into a room and there'll be something wrong. Let's say the radiator isn't working or something. Let's say, yeah, let's just say the radiator is working. There's no heat in the room. And they'll arrive on a Monday, let's say tonight, and they're, not, and they're checking out on Wednesday morning. So they arrive tonight, they stay in the room tonight, they don't say anything about the radiator. They stay all day tomorrow and tomorrow night. Still, they don't say anything about the radiator. Then on Wednesday morning when they're checking out, they say, sorry, the radiator wasn't working. I want a 50% reduction in my bill. We'll say, well, ha- hang on a minute. Why didn't you tell us when you arrived? If you told us when, we arri- when you arrived, we could have done something about it. We would have fixed the radiator mm. or moved you to a different room. And these people, no, I'm sorry, we don't entertain them because they're chances. Mm. You know, if they said... Right, the radio isn't working on the Monday night. Okay, no problem. We'll sort that out for you. And then they wouldn't have an issue anymore. And that happens with TripAdvisor as well. Oftentimes, TripAdvisor, negative TripAdvisor reviews are not necessary if they tell us they have an issue when they're here. Yeah. Because we'll actually do something about it. But going home the next day and writing a negative review when it's too late for us to do anything about it you know that's unfair that's what I was about to say like I, I say like there is a lot of reviews out there that like you know paint hotels in bad lights because something that could have been solved on arrival yeah. and it's it's some of them like I some of the TripAdvisor reviews they go into a room right and they literally find the, mi- the most microscopic part of the room and they're like this is this is a kip do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, like I said, some people are just waiting to find something yeah. to fucking complain about. Like, But what they'll, u- what they'll do, though, as well, on top of that, is that they'll use the TripAdvisor review, the potential TripAdvisor review, as a threat. So if you don't give me 25% off my room, I will write a negative review. 
People do that. You wouldn't believe the type really? of people. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They come in and threaten you with a negative review unless you give them free breakfast or something like this. This happens all the time. All the time. And what do you have to say to people like that? Just do it? Or Oh, no, I would never. I would never do it. And if somebody does write a negative review in a situation like that, I'll post the review and my response mm. on online. And that usually gets huge reaction. I've done that many times. When it comes to like TripAdvisor and you see mm. like negative reviews, you always see the hotel replying on TripAdvisor with, you know, usually a, ge- a generic response. Mm. We're sorry, like you had that experience. Mm. Do, you, do you do that yourself? Um, rarely. Mm. If it's an unfair, like if it's a genuine review, not really. If it's a review like what I just mentioned, I will reply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'll tear into them. Yeah. You know, because it's important that something said publicly is replied to publicly. Mm. And there has been a, a number of occasions where something was posted publicly by someone I know and I've gone to them and said, listen, you know, what's the story here? When we asked you, was everything okay? When you were in the restaurant, you said yes. And now you go and write this. Oh, yeah, well, look. Okay, I'll delete the review. Okay. Uh, when? I'll do it now. 24 hours pass. Review's still there. Get back onto them. Uh, the review's still there. Is, is everything okay? No response. A few hours later, I send a screenshot of the steps involved in deleting your TripAdvisor <laughs> review. No response. And then eventually comes the time where you have to respond publicly to something written publicly. And I did that. And that was one of our other big controversies. And we've named our sandwich after that person. It's called the Zoe Club Sandwich. Oh, I think I remember this now. Yeah. 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 So yeah like it's, 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 you know, it wasn't until I started following <laughs> your stories. Like when I know you started on Snapchat, but... I realise like the shit that you know you have to put up with in, in in this, and I'm just delighted that you have the balls to to make light of the situation and do it in a funny manner. Like I mean, not everything has to be. Oh, we're really sorry you had that experience, or and like you no. said with the five star hotel kind of attitude, yeah. and you know what are, like, what are like the calibre caliber of people who come in here? I mean, are they just like like you said like the no asshole types? Like they're a wide. Yeah. range of people from all walks of life um because we're not up at the five star end they're easy going um they come from all over the world literally to have you ever had like a really like what your most interesting guests you ever come across well i've ha- oh here i've had like i've had a guest who was carrying five hundred thousand euro worth of cocaine before uh, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I don't think that's something you'd be able to post online, is it? Uh, no, I don't think I did. Post you wouldn't about have that. a window left. Uh, I don't think <laughs> I did post about that, but uh, that happened a number of years ago. Um, I've had, like, I mean, you, the the thing about running a business like this, that's where you're allowing the public to come in. Mm. You're you're allowing you know everyone pretty much in, and and people like. People are mad, really. People yeah. are fundamentally crazy, mm. and you bring and they bring all of their idiosyncrasies and all of their vagaries into this space with them, which makes for amazing content. Like the the lad who came in with the, the unwashed bigot, I call him, the long <laughs> hair. Remember, he went down to a hair washing contest in the Phoenix Park afterwards. Uh, <laughs> He came in to complain about the pride flag. 
came into Irene. Oh, I remember that, yeah. And he told her that it's very offensive and it should be taken down. So the next day I got a 10 meter banner in the pride colours printed with the words, are you happy now? Put up on the smack bang across the face of the whole building, you know. So that's how you respond to these people. You use humour. And sometimes it's, it's, it's difficult to, it's quite difficult to not get involved in the nitty gritty arguing with them, you know. You yeah, because you can't argue with you. No, but, but, but humour will always kill them. Mm. Humour will always win. Always, always, always. Humour will win in the end. Mm. You just have the upper hand. Like I find, like I find, um, you know, sometimes I struggle with creativity when it comes to videos. But you, like you, you could have a new idea every day with the, you know, with the incidents that you come across. Yeah, but that's like, not down to me, any. That's down to that's down to the fact that, you know, this is a hotel where every day, no two days are the every, same. Exactly, and like every day, something, something. Like I never plan what I'm going to do ever. Never ever plan. But you, you look at some of the situations like and I do believe like they genuinely have but some of them are just like there's no way someone could could do that like there's no way and 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 there is because I've worked in retail and, and I've dealt with like you know psychopaths like happens in every it's every, like you're one with the the rubbish bags yeah yeah like yeah. I can't believe but look, like that hey, happens. people accuse me that all of this is staged you know and it's all I I am <laughs> I employ actors you know that girl who put the rubbish bag was somehow an actress that I had commissioned and got her to like people the, the content is so good the people believe it's staged whereas it's not it's real but the, the reality is that it happens in every Every mm. service business in the world, stuff like this happens. But the owners of those businesses aren't A, brave enough, or B, mad enough to put them out on social media. And I think it's a very good example that your business is still standing and it's, it's you know, it's, it's getting more popular mm. by the year mm. um, because of the attention that you're bringing to it. And it's kind of like, you know, giving the finger to these people who are afraid to take a risk and it's like, you know, here's your proof. It's not, you know, it's it, your business isn't going to crumble if you cross the line once. It's just, I don't know, I just, I just wish more people had your attitude mm. and y- y- it might go in their favour. Well, yeah, again, they're not brave enough or mad enough to mm. do. Yeah, you, you do, to do what I do, you have to have an awful lot of bravery and madness. Mm. Um, and madness, more importantly than bravery. Um, some... Some businesses, like you said, Burger King have a, have a specific social media. Wendy's as well in the states. Uh, I know Aldi at one point was beginning to get a bit sassy, you know, with the with, with, with the Twitter. whole. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember when the snowstorm was it? Yeah. Um, when they were robbed, they said something. I think we had another storm like months later, and they kind of brought attention to it again, and it was just hilarious. Like yeah. it got it went viral. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it, they didn't offend anyone when they said it, yeah. but I mean, like it's. It's stuff like that when a, when, a bi- when a business or a company just kind of like things outside the box. Yeah. Well, you'll never go viral unless you're... If you play it safe, the boundaries. yeah. You have to push the boundaries to go viral. Like, mm. Normality is not viral, you know. Madness and creativity has the potential to be viral, though. And if there's any entrepreneurs in uh, listening at the moment, um, I think that's, uh, that's what they should take away, the key point they should take away from this podcast. Well, yeah, and like as Robin Williams, who was one of my idols, always said, you know, you're only given a little bit of madness. Don't lose it. 
you know. Yeah, and we'll finish on that one, Paul. Thank you very much. Thanks for thanks for tuning in, and I had a blast talking to you. And it was a pleasure. Come anytime. (laughs) Any from Kenya.